Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpackers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 67. 18 million are dying from the coronavirus in America as I speak. Well, the coronavirus is really the indirect killer. The actual killers of 18 million in America are doctors Foshi and Bricks. I'll explain in a minute. I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts, and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. The coronavirus isn't killing 18 people in America. Neither doctors Fauci and Pricks. They're not killing 18 million people, but rather 18 million businesses. Relative to the pandemic panic most Americans are feeling right now, I realize this may seem minor and insignificant to many of you, but it's not minor nor insignificant at all. By the time you hear this episode, there will be roughly 20 million Americans on unemployment. Compare that to the nearly 15,000 deaths from the coronavirus in America as I record this episode. It's not my desire to minimize 15,000 deaths by any means. I pray for the repose of their eternal souls every day. But 15,000 deaths is only 0.75% of the number of people who are dying a slow death because they can't pay their bills, feed their families, nor pay their mortgages. As Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana says, yes, the coronavirus can kill you, but so can starvation. Let me make one thing perfectly clear. President Trump hasn't shut down a single business. It's the governors of 45 states that have shut them down. 
Trump can't constitutionally shut them down. Only the governors of states and the mayors of municipalities can do that. Why are these governors and mayors so insistent that 20 million of you lose your jobs because 15,000 people died in a country of 329 million? Because they're listening to the so-called experts, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Bricks, whose facts and figures have changed so quickly, it's like being on a roller coaster. In other words, they haven't been right about anything yet. But they're the medical bureaucrats we're supposed to be listening to. I'm not disparaging them professionally. Both of these doctors have impeccable credentials in the medical field, and I'm sure they empathize with you if you're sick patients. But they're not capable of thinking in terms of you not having a job or money or food. The reason they can't imagine this is because no matter what happens, they'll have their jobs and paychecks that come along with them. We're way past the time that we need to rebel and unlock the doors to 18 million businesses in America and go back to work. We need to work, not just for the income, but so we can regain our self-respect and self-reliance. Some listeners might say, Joe, aren't you being reckless and irresponsible by telling Americans to rebel that way? I could understand that question if I hadn't already considered everything implied by not calling for the rebellion. Let's take a look at the things that are going on right now, then the things that will happen if we aren't out from under these what Attorney General Bill Barr calls draconian stay-at-home orders. I want to preface what I'm about to say with one very Catholic comment. I can promise you that you're not going to die one second before God wants you to die, and you're not going to live one second longer than he wants that either. It doesn't matter what manner of death takes you, because that you'll die has already been preordained, just as the moment your life began. When he wants you, he takes you, and there's nothing you can do about it. As I speak, elected officials are taking our civil liberties away from us, often by force. The other day, a mom, dad, and six-year-old daughter were in an empty park playing t-ball. Absolutely no one else was there. But three police officers showed up and arrested Dad in front of his daughter because they weren't practicing social distancing. A pastor in Florida was arrested for holding a church service. There were few people there because they wanted to avoid exposure. Despite that everyone was six feet apart in the cavernous building, the police arrested the pastor and shut down his church. It doesn't matter if we're attacked by COVID-19 or a nuclear barrage. No one has the authority to curtail our First Amendment rights to freedom of worship. The First Amendment to the Constitution doesn't grant that right. It guarantees to protect that right. The government can't give us rights already granted by God, and the government's done a damn poor job of protecting them during this pandemic. Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York doesn't believe in God, so he thinks he has no obligation, despite his oath of office, to protect that right of freedom of worship. He says that if he catches you in a church, he'll shut it down permanently. Of course, our bishops make it easy to embolden tyrants like de Blasio when they act more like bureaucrats than shepherds, as Bishop Schneider said. Whoa, Joe, the bishops are only trying to protect us. No, they're not. They're trying to enslave you to leftist ideologies. 
They're trying to rob you of whatever faith you have in God that's left by their example. They're telling you that your health and life are more important than the one who gave you your health and life. I bet 2,000 years of martyrs are laughing at us hysterically right now. There's this little civil liberty called the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is another God-given right the government has pledged to protect, but it hasn't. When mayors and governors order all gun shops closed by using this pandemic as an excuse, that's tyranny to the extreme. It's time to load the guns you already have, because the tyrants can do absolutely anything they want if you can't get guns. And I want you to note that the very first thing all socialist and communist regimes do is oppress churches and gun ownership under the guise of taking care of you. That's happening in America right this second. So what comes next if we don't rebel and buck these stay-at-home orders right now this week? Well, if you're lucky enough to have a job to come back to, and at least 25% of you won't, as the government keeps the Treasury Printing Office working 24-7, this time next year you'll have to spend $150 for a gallon of milk and $100 for a loaf of cheap bread. Inflation's going to spiral out of control so badly, the prices change so quickly, which will create greatest shortages of goods that America has ever seen, that your boss is going to have to let you go twice a day just to get groceries, if there are any available. That's the way it was in the Weimar Republic after World War I, and that allowed the rise of Hitler to power. Hey, come to think of it, we've got some parallels there. Hitler was a paper hanger who rose to power. Socialist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a bartender. Hmm, that's something to think about. For you 25% of unemployed, I'm sorry. There won't be anything for you. The government's broke now, and printing money to supply these multi-trillion dollar stimulus bills will only work for a short while before we have a complete economic collapse. There'll be no food stamps, no welfare, no unemployment. All the socialist programs we already have in place will be gone, including Social Security. If I still had my health, I could survive. I know how to hunt, trap, fish, live off the land. But I can't do that anymore, so I'll be in the earliest category of people to starve. Come to think of it, now I understand why God allowed the deer population to get so large. We're going to need them for food and clothing, even shelter in some cases. How appealing is hunkering down to avoid the coronavirus sound to you now? My guess is that it's not at all appealing to you. But you can be assured that the things I mentioned will happen if we don't take matters into our own hands and end these lockdowns. Today. If these lockdowns continue, there'll be no United States of America to return to. In the flu pandemic of 1918, the nation survived and actually prospered. We had the pandemic 1918, but the 1920s were called the Roaring Twenties because we had a remarkable economy. Why? Because the American people didn't cower in their homes. They took reasonable precautions, but they kept right on working. Today, we have a much more advanced medical system and technology. 
Unfortunately, we also have a medical community that's been sued for malpractice for so many decades that being overcautious is now in their DNA. It's time to stop these stay-at-home orders, by force if need be. We have to remind the governors and mayors that they work for us, not the other way around. If we don't all go back to work Monday, and I mean everybody, not just so-called essential workers, there won't be any jobs to go back to. Small business makes up 95% of business in this economy. American small businesses can't stand any more of this lockdown crap. In fact, a lot of small businesses are already gone forever. At least half of them will be permanently gone in another week. The part of the stimulus bill for business only works if you can keep people on your payroll. How can a small business do that if it can't open up so the employees can work? This is another one of those times when the government messed up everything. So here's my best advice. 1. Get with your boss and convince him to reopen his business. I don't think it'll take too much prodding. 2. Help him notify all your fellow employees they need to get back to work. If any but because of a stay-at-home order, remind your co-worker that 20 million people are looking for jobs. 3. Get back to the business of business. Go on with your life as normal, just like they did in 1918, using reasonable precautions. It's time to ignore Drs. Fauci and Bricks about staying at home. Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets, hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to Kansas.com. Kansas Republican leaders revoked Democratic Governor Laura Kelly's order limiting religious gatherings to 10 people as the state's coronavirus death toll jumped to 40%. This was a freedom and constitutional move among Republicans. Democrats hate Christianity, despite that the First Amendment guarantees this God-given right. Hopefully our bishops are paying attention and they'll begin acting more like shepherds than bureaucrats. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic news pick, pick number, number four. 
Hats off to Catholic News Agency. The Archdiocese of Chicago has assembled a team of 24 priest volunteers, all under age 60 and without pre-existing medical conditions, to administer sacramental anointing of the sick to Catholics with COVID-19 during the coronavirus pandemic. Let's remember it was Chicago's Cardinal Archbishop who banned the last rites and betrayed Catholics in the first place. I guess he just couldn't stand the heat. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick number three. Hats off to LifeSite News. In February, Gonzaga University, a school that's supposed to be Catholic, opened its new Lincoln LGBTQ plus rights clinic on its Spokane, Washington campus. According to Jacob Rooksby, dean at Gonzaga's School of Law, Gonzaga Law School is one of only a handful of institutions of higher education across the nation to launch this kind of initiative. Oh, brother. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic news, news pick, pick number, number two. two. Hats off to LifeSite News. When a Twitter user accused Bishop Joseph Strickland of condemning persons who identify as LGBT on account of his outspoken defense of Catholic sexual teaching, the Tyler, Texas prelate issued a gentle refutation. I'm not condemning anyone. Not calling a person away from sin is in fact condemning them to the destruction that sin brings, he stated. Now that's a bishop. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick number one. Hats off to Heavy.com. Philip Haney, a Department of Homeland Security whistleblower who has been outspoken in his criticism of former President Barack Obama, was found dead from a single gunshot wound the police claim was self-inflicted. Friends of Haney say there's no way that he could have taken his own life. In June 2016, Haney testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee that the Obama administration could have prevented the Orlando Pulse nightclub mass shooting. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Warning to snowflakes. If he thinks it, he says it. It's time now for Joe Sixpack's Common Sense Catholic Commentary. This is an Easter none of us are going to soon forget. But we need to remember that God always brings a greater good out of any evil. For example, Mass has been suspended in every single diocese in America, which I think is a massive betrayal from our bishops. However, I've already commented on that extensively in previous episodes, so I won't beat a dead horse now. This is between God and his bishops, and may he have mercy on them. What good is God bringing with these mass suspensions? One thing I've noticed is that those people who previously made it clear they didn't appreciate the mass now long for its return. That's a really good thing. There's something else to consider, though. When our bishops finally pull their heads out of their fifth point of contact and resume the public celebration of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, you may have to drive many miles to find one. During the best of times, in an average parish, only 10% of parishioners give 90% of the Sunday collection. Now that we can't go to the parish for Mass, they aren't collecting a dime. 
Churches have been hit financially harder than absolutely anything else. The problem is the electric bill still has to be paid. So do the gas and water bills. In fact, there are all sorts of basic expenses that continue on, whether we're there to contribute or not. LifeSite News estimated the other day that if this mass suspension continues much longer, 25 to 30 percent of our already dwindling number of parish churches will have no alternative but to lock their doors forever. And no, the bishop can't help. The diocese gets the bulk of its funding from a tax it imposes on the parish. Parish broke, diocese broke. The parish doesn't have to be broke, though. I'm pretty sure the vast majority of you haven't thought about sending in your usual tithe. I can't blame you for that. After all, we're creatures of habit, so we don't think about it if we're not there at the parish. It's time to help out the parish, though. Some parishes have a digital means of allowing parishioners to send in their donations over the Internet. If your parish doesn't have that, I'm pretty sure they still take checks. And I know for a fact that the United States Postal Service still delivers mail, so you can mail your check to the parish. Some of you are the less fortunate who've lost your jobs. Depending on what state you're in, unemployment benefits aren't very attractive. But you can still give something, even if it's only a dollar. Right about now, your priest would appreciate a Washington as much as he'd appreciate a Benjamin. You folks who God is blessed with plenty, how about kicking in a few extra bucks to help make up for those who've lost their jobs? What you normally give is your tithe, hopefully 10% of your income, and then the extra you slip into the envelope is your offering. That's a penance, so if you offer it up, you can knock off some of your hard-earned purgatory time. Those $1,200 checks begin to get distributed this week. Some of the people I've spoken to intend to give a donation out of that. If you're financially flush, how about giving it all to your parish? You unemployed folks could at least give a little something from it, couldn't you? Mine is a small country parish, so they're actually at harder than city parishes. People make more money in the city, and those parishes are generally larger, so they are getting hit hard, but not as hard as we are. When the parishes begin to close, parishes like mine will be among the first. My parish is over 180 years old, and my heart would break if it closed down. I'm sure most of you six-packers would feel the same way. So get a pen, envelope, and checkbook right now. It doesn't matter the amount. Just keep the amount in mind when you think about making a payment on your latest toy. And remember that this, well... It's the Easter season. Hi to hi there, friends and neighbors. This is your old pal El Monte Slim telling you to start reading Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy's Weekly Column in The Wander, America's oldest independent Catholic newspaper. The folks at The Wander have made a special trial subscription offer just for you Sixpackers, and it's only $39 for six months. That's only a buck and a half an issue, less than a cup of coffee. Joe has a subscription link in his show notes. So listen to the old pal El Monte Slim and subscribe today.
I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. In spite of his bad habits and sinful life, a young man never failed to say a prayer to the Blessed Virgin Mary. One night he had a dream that changed his whole life. He dreamed that he was traveling far and got hungry. Just then Our Lady appeared to him, surrounded by angels. She held a plate of delicious food on a very dirty dish. She said, take this food and eat it. The young man answered that he couldn't eat the food because the dish was filthy. It's the same with your prayers, the mother of God said. They are good in themselves, but your heart is not pure. For this reason, your prayers are not pleasing to God. The young man woke at that moment. He never forgot that dream. It made him change the way he lived. He actually became a fervent Catholic. You can't expect God to hear your prayers and grant you special favors if you hurt him by sin. As long as you're in mortal sin, you're an enemy of God. In order to obtain from God what you pray for, you have to pray to him with a pure heart and a clear conscience. Help your fellow Catholics, six-packers. They need to be listening to the Cantankerous Catholic, and you can help them find it better if you leave a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Leaving a review will make it easier for other Catholics to find the Cantankerous Catholic, because reviews cause the podcasting platforms to show up more often. And I thank you in advance for leaving a review. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.